0: Ready
1: graphics? Ready theme? Two One. Good evening. For your information
0: tonight. Hi, I'm Jesse Mullins. And I'm Lauren Milberger. And this is FYI The Murphy Brown Podcast. Ta-da! We did it! We did it! We're here! Hi! Hi, Jesse! And we have faces. We do have faces, yes, unless you're listening to this on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, so they're confused right now. Yes. But this is a live Facebook stream of our first episode, which is a podcast, which is audio, and there is a visual
1: element but if you go. But just this one time. One time only, yes. It's kind of like an Easter egg, so that when you hear the voices, you feel like you know what the faces are. Exactly, and then we can go back into the shadows where we belong. Where we absolutely belong, because I'm I'm too showered and put together for this <laughs> i'm not in sweatpants i don't understand what's happening
0: uh and then we can go into our little hovel and just watch episodes of murphy brown which is what i do on the daily yes and we can now say it's research
1: it's absolutely it's like when you find out that for a job you can go buy some clothes for it and you're like that's a write-off
0: absolutely and then you just you know get things that you actually really don't need yes this is
1: definitely a write-off Absolutely. Uh huh.
0: My computer is a write-off. I need that maxi dress for business. Absolutely. I'm not going to wear it to the club. Duh club, because that's what I do. Because as a I, child, I who I grew am... up watching Murphy Brown, I went to the the club. The club. The club. club. That's what they say, right? I, I don't, don't know. I'm not cool. I live with cats. She does. She does live with cats. It is a special club. So welcome. <laughs> Now, you may have figured out already that this episode is gonna be a little bit different formatted mm-hmm. than our
1: normal episodes. Yes, normally we're going to be going episode by episode, breaking it down, talking about relevant tidbits and factoids. We're gonna have a, a little theme with the, the the target board behind her. What is the word I'm thinking of right now? Dartboard. The dartboard. Hi. It looks like a target. I get that. Well, sometimes she put people on it sometimes that Sometimes she targets. did. It's a Freudian slip, Jesse. It's – exactly. I'm just so much smarter than even I realize in are. this moment. Yeah. So we'll be going episode by episode talking about – giving you the summary of what actually happened in case you're not following along watching or you are and you just want to be reminded about which one we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Or uh, we're also going to be talking about
0: relevance to today. Well, absolutely. Uh, maybe some references that you – don't remember or maybe you don't get uh and we're just sort of you know dissecting and breaking it down and then talking about what we love about it and mm-hmm. just talking about the episodes in general and we're behind excited. the scenes goodies oh my god so much behind the scenes we have so much there's an entire book <laughs> yes it, for those of you who are at the visual portion of this <laughs> evening um uh let's see am I showing this correctly it's uh, totally a prank, It's okay yes. um this is a book called let's see what's the name of it Anatomy of a Sitcom, Murphy Brown, An Inside Look at Classic in the ma- Making, oh, I can't speak, by Robert S. Alley and Irby B. Brown. And I had this book since I was probably like 11 or 12.
1: Mm-hmm. My mother brought it back from Kaldor. Oh. Do we remember Caldor? I'm sorry. I'm My brain goes to Star Trek, so I'm assuming that's a planet somewhere.
0: No, Caldor was not no. a
1: planet, but to me it was a planet where I a could joy. get a Murphy
0: Brown book and perhaps some amazing perfume by Debbie Gibson. Oh, Debbie, she would not buy, my mom would not buy that She bought the book, my mom would not buy the perfume, I cried (laughs) Sounds like my mother (laughs) Yeah, and we're being talking about a lot of things from Mm -hmm. the 80s and the 90s, from our childhood Mm -hmm. Um, Particularly, so this is sort of an origins episode This is going to be us talking about what we're going to be doing in the future Why we're doing this podcast Mm -hmm. And sort of our origin Murphy Brown stories Personal stories to add a personal touch Yeah, I would hope maybe you you can connect to that and see why we are the perfect hosts for this
1: Yes, I, our enthusiasm will convince you regardless. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> uh, we won't scare you. That's fine. Join us. Be scary. It's more fun over here. We have cookies. Do we?
0: wear In my purse. Shh. Okay, sh- sorry. We'll eat them later. You have to share with everybody now. Okay. So, Jesse, would you like to start off and tell your personal story about why you love Murphy Brown?
1: Oh, sure. So, I grew up in uh, northwestern Minnesota. Um, I was raised in a. A unique household for for my age, I was raised by baby boomers with two Gen X children, and then I came along significantly later. However, I was raised in a Gen X household, so I watched what my mother watched, and that was Murder, She Wrote, that was Murphy Brown. With my dad, I watched original Doctor Who and Star Trek and all these things. So I was raised in a very matriarchal setting where we, we talked about the issues that were relevant to my family, which was a little older than I was. So I remember being far too young and having really strong opinions about the politics of my nation and about what women should be doing. I assumed that it was normal to see women on my screen in powerful executive positions leading the world, being the woman that people are afraid of when Murphy walks into a room. I assumed (laughs) that's that's what you did. So it definitely informed what happened later. It's probably the reason I was so obsessed with Xenowarrior Princess. I was like, women rock. And they do things. And I didn't think it was weird for a woman to, spoiler, have a child later out of wedlock. These were conversations that happened around me. And to this day, it's usually a reference point. That's so awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, So my story is that
0: I was that kid who used to watch everything. Like, I would joke that if I didn't watch it, it was probably because it was on against something else. (laughs) Even when I eventually got, you know, the picture within a picture VCR recorder, Mm -hmm. that's still only two things that you can watch. You have to watch one thing and record the other. Yeah. Yeah. So that was only two. Of course, if Murphy Brown was on, that could not happen because I would record every episode. And watch it as well. Exactly. Exactly. So I can't record one thing and watch something else. So that, if it was on Mondays against Murphy Brown, then I probably didn't also watch it. Yes, on Murphys. Yeah. Because this was before streaming. Yeah, this was before... Carrying around
1: things on your phone. I don't understand how DVR works. I never will. (laughs) It's a complicated thing, Jesse. Yeah. But I'll explain it to you one day. Thank you. Uh,
0: So I remember coming across Murphy Brown, I would say, in, uh, I think, the middle of season two. Hmm. Uh, I feel like between, like, 11 and 12, I sort of became, like, watching adult shows, whereas before, like, I would never have got Uh, 30-something. I was watching Blossom. Oh, (laughs) Blossom. Yeah, Blossom. Uh, and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and ALF and things like that. And then there was some sort of shift. And I don't know if it was watching Murphy Brown that mm-hmm. maybe like took me up a notch. Um, I also was heavily bullied. I'm dyslexic. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any real peer group. And so I was able to, I think, create on uh, my own. Like where you had the influence of your mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mother didn't watch the sh- my shows with me mm-hmm. per se. I mean, she, if you ask her, she'd go, oh, yeah, I love Murphy Brown. But sure. like, it was always just me sort of solitary in front of the television mm-hmm. because it was sort of a refuge for me outside of school. Mm-hmm. And I just became obsessed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was, as I said to someone the other day, it was bad. And I meant like, just like, I had it bad. And she said to me, I told Jessie this story.
1: Oh, that sounds really good. <laughs> it is really good. I'm a massive fandom person. Yeah. it's There's strength in the confidence of like, yeah, I know everything about but this. I think I meant it more like, I had it bad.
0: But it's charming. Thank you. So here's how bad I had it. <laughs> uh (laughs) jesse loves this story (laughs) so what i did was i started cutting out like pictures from tv guide and i didn't want to put them on my wall because i didn't want to like mess them up so i had gotten one of those sort of you know old style photo albums with a plastic cover and the sticky paper Mm. and i started putting them in there and the next thing you know i had a scrapbook which uh over 10 years uh Became several different Murphy Brown scrapbooks. Yes, they did. Uh, I cut out little letters, things, you know, articles. I like made it artistic because I also did, col- did collage art. If you're going to scrapbook, you got a You scrapbook. got a scrapbook. I seriously scrapbook. Capital S. Yeah. No, it's. Uh, and then this book that I talked about my mother brought home Mm -hmm. and I really learned sort of the behind the scenes I learned um, about Diane English who Mm -hmm. was the showrunner and how many people believe that she really was you know sort of Murphy Brown in a sense Mm -hmm. um, and ran that whole show and her sensibility and learned how sitcoms worked and I think before that I definitely wanted to be an actor or be in show business but this was like oh I want to work behind the scenes in in sitcoms or I want to do this and like becoming obsessed with how the table read works and how the different days are I bought bought first draft scripts so I could see oh, I was yeah, like all the cut lines and the character mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, I used to actually uh, take a little mini cassette mm-hmm. and I would record the audio of my favorite episodes. And if I couldn't sleep at night or I went on vacation, I would listen to them. You are
1: the world's most beautiful monster. Thank you. Uh, and there's one more. <laughs>
0: um, I took my parents' camcorder, put it on some books because we were going on vacation, and I had to watch Murphy Brown on vacation, uh, recorded the video of it, listened to it on my little cassette, <laughs> It's like off by a little Your bit. you early
1: AV. Like, this is amazing. Yeah, I was creating an iPhone. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I was listening on vacation. So there are certain episodes that I mm-hmm. used to be able to actually verbatim do in my head because oh, of yeah. that. Which, you know, when you're heavily bullied and, you know, you're sort of in it and you want to kind of take yourself out because it's just nonstop, you know, mm-hmm. I'd walk the halls and people would really be very mean to me. Mm-hmm. This sounds so sad, but no. I'm fine now, guys. Um, I would repeat the episodes sort of in my head. Now, I feel like it's been so long. I watched a couple and I don't think I could do the whole thing in my head now. I'm but there, very disappointed in you. I'm sorry, yeah. I know. Yeah. But there but there were certain episodes, particularly the Jerry Gold episodes. Oh, Jerry. Jerry. Um, we'll talk about Jay later. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was repeating it
1: along with it, like I was, you know,
0: at a cult movie.
1: And that's part of it. It's, it's the community of, of the fandom and all the different ways that you connect to the community, whether you had someone to watch it with you or it created a world that you felt safe in that's what that's what fandom does. And I think there are different it's a spectrum, there are different levels of it and everything is valid. I think the what's important for for our audience to know is is why it's important to you. Like and yeah, it may have a, a sadder origin, but people can also connect to that. And that's oh, why yeah. I, that's I why I appreciate you sharing can. it. Thank you. Thank and you. and oh. it's
0: nice to kind of, you know, share it with all of you guys.
1: Hey. Yeah. So we we also want to talk about why Why we still talk about this show. I mean, we met years ago. I don't even know how many, but let's not worry about that. Uh, But one of the first things we ever talked about was Murphy Brown and this excitement we had that we both Which was rare to me to find someone, (laughs) particularly around my Mm -hmm. age, who did, because it really was meant for adults. Oh, yeah. But I was 15 going on 40 most of my life. As was I. And I think that started at about age six. So. But I I just remember being like Oh this person gets this And it's amazing Because the more we talk about it The more I run into people I was talking to somebody On the train The other day And I mentioned A Murphy Murphy Brown podcast And they were so excited it was like This gem from their past They weren't even realizing they need it. Yeah, and I think also
0: because it's not streaming, it's not on DVD past season mm-hmm. one, so it becomes a sort of like, oh, my goodness, that. Where oh, is it? where is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because everyone is so used to being able to just go on their computer, log in, and find it. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, because every episode started with music, and sometimes within the episode, is even mm-hmm. singing,
1: mm-hmm. it's just been very hard for it to be out past season one. Absolutely. Which is sad. And one of the reasons why I think it's important for us to talk about this show and to delve into it is that it's still so incredibly relevant. Very much so. The topics that are happening, I mean, we've talked about this with shows like West Wing and so on. These are things that are still around, and especially from the points of of feminism and women in the workplace. For me, that's incredibly important. It's a dialogue that needs to continue, and having representation out there as examples I find incredibly important. Um, Speaking of that, so we want to talk a little bit about what we mean by feminism in regards to today and Murphy kind of leading that discussion. Um, For those who don't know, um, we're currently in what we what we call third wave feminism. Okay, Um, And I I'm not going to go too into this. I'm not talking from a degree of women's (laughs) studies. Yes, but. and
0: everything I think today is going to be sort of lightly dusted, yes, so to speak. Dusted. We are going to save a lot of things
1: as we go mm-hmm. along to talk about in each individual episode. Exactly. For reference, first wave feminism, think your 1800s to early 1900s suffragettes. Women were trying to, to talk about their issues, but to, before they could do that, they needed equality. And at that time, it was about property rights and the right to vote. Have a say in the political agenda. Second wave feminism, you're looking at post-World War II, 60s to 80s. This now we start looking at women in the workplace, the, the family structure, the Equal Rights Amendment, uh, reproductive rights, sexuality, and mm-hmm. so on. Third wave feminism, which is what really ties into the Murphy Brown era, is a little bit more ambiguous. We're, we're talking about a lot of the issues are kind of reactive to what they, were the perceived failures of second wave feminism. And a lot of times people refer to second wave feminism as the middle class white woman's feminism. I've heard that, yeah. And what came out of that was a concept of intersectionality, about the idea that any woman is broken down by so many different disciplines of their own personal diversity, that it, it colors what feminism means to them and what, what they're, what's important to them. And I think that's something that's important within Murphy Brown, because within this, this current feminism that was starting about this time, you're looking at her love of Motown and why that's so important to her as a, at this point, kind of upper-class white woman. Why is Motown music so important and what that could represent? So that's something we're gonna talk about as we go, when we S. talk we about the different music. Um, and we just, we wanna talk about how the different overlapping identities of women today are, are still very relevant and how we need to address them one at a time and continue this dialogue. For reference, everyone, the uh, dictionary definition of feminism <laughs> is the theory of the political, economic, and social equality of the sexes. A little food for
0: thought. Yeah, and something I thought was also really interesting, um, you know, uh, being children back then, I think there's Mm -hmm. certain things we just didn't realize how how far back, you know. Uh, So this, so Murphy Brown premiered on uh, November 14th, 1988. Mm -hmm. My dad's birthday, funny enough. Aw, birthday. Uh, And only 14 years before uh, was the first time a woman could get her own credit card without a man. Mm. Not that long ago. Modern life. I mean, at the time, when you think, like, Mm -hmm. what was I doing 14 years ago? Things feels like yesterday.
1: I just can't believe I don't know how many goats I'm worth.
0: (sighs) That's complex. Yeah. I think that
1: we should maybe Google that. Yeah, I definitely. I can probably find a ratio somewhere. I'm thinking three and a half. Oh, oh, thank you? Is that good? Out of five? Is it out of five goats? I don't know. There's probably an app. We can find it. We'll figure it out, yeah. We'll let you know. Yeah. And then
0: also, um, 1967 was the first time that a woman ran the Boston Marathon, although not officially. Mm-hmm. Officially, it was 1972, so 16 mm-hmm. years before Murphy Brown. So, mm-hmm. like, 14, 16 years, like, that's not...
1: That's, like, a drop in the pan. Isn't that the runner who just re-ran this year? Yes, she did. Yes. Yeah.
0: It's pretty amazing. Uh, now, what's sort of also exciting about, you know, we're doing this live stream with Antenna mm-hmm. TV, is that Murphy Brown is going to be on Antenna TV very soon. Yes. So... Yes, it's not streaming and it's not necessarily on DVD. But now you have a place to actually see it.
1: I'm so I'm so excited. So excited. I'm, we finally have an outlet. This is a, a great opportunity for people to remember it, to get to see it past season one, which is the only way you can see it. Up some until some people this point. haven't. Exactly. And we have a whole we have we have such a large demographic that this is that this could pertain to now. And thankfully, antenna TV is letting us have access to the show again. And hopefully, it'll remind the world how much we need Murphy.
0: Well, I hope also maybe some new people will, you know, discover it. Mm -hmm. I have a really good friend of mine who's too young to have known the show, and Mm -hmm. I showed her a couple episodes, and she absolutely loved it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, She related to Frank. Oh. And so, jokingly, I sort of That's amazing.
1: I know. I love that she loved Frank. And she's like, he's my favorite. I love that it wasn't, I'm going to pick a female character that is me. I'm going to pick. A character that is me.
0: But what I love is that, uh, so I started calling her Frank as a joke, and now she calls me Murph. Oh, stop. Because we're like besties. Or, uh, she's like my sister. It's the best. Aww. She's like my little sister. And, uh, and so we have a little like text thing where she's like, hey, Frank. I'm like, hey, Murph.
1: Oh. Are
0: you yeah. together? Hmm? Don't worry about it. I missed that. Sorry.
1: It's fine. It's fine. But I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm personally fascinated by the fact that she relates to the male character. I think that's brilliant it's a it's a different time we used to always i mean we even talk about this at comic-con about cosplay a number of people are like well i only have so many options because of which gender oh really There's i feel some, like at comic-con i, so m- I see so many well, people switch gender. We're around open-minded people but the idea that you know it's becoming more and more plausible to just look at the character rather than what gender they've been assigned that's great yeah yeah so should we talk a little bit about how this came to be yeah let's do that
0: so I'm going to start talking a little bit about Diane English. Who? She created the show, Jesse. Oh,
1: I guess I've heard that name, Diane Marie
0: English. To we be may specific. have talked about her a couple times. A couple of times. <laughs> I had her picture on my wall. Of course you did. Uh, well, many people may not realize that she did a Haynes ad. Oh yeah. So I had the Haynes ad on my wall. I also, from this book, photocopied the entire writing staff and had the writing staff on my wall like it was the New York Yankees.
1: I know. I love you. I know. Okay. Uh,
0: So, Diane Marie English was born May 15th, 1948. Uh, She moved to New York to be a playwright. She Mm -hmm. grew up in Buffalo, New York. Uh, She eventually got a job at the local PPS here, Channel 13. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wrote a TV column for Vogue. She uh, co-wrote The Life of Heaven in 1980, which is based on the 1971 science fiction novel.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Jesse, who is Star Trek canon, has a lot of experience in that area. I sure am uh eventually she and her husband joel shikovsky who uh became her producing partner moved to la uh diane wrote some tv movies uh tried to do some features but the two of them felt like it just took too long Mm -hmm. you know uh, i have a really good friend of mine who's the most successful screenwriter that i know and nothing he has written has been produced yet because it's just development hell it keeps going so they decided to do television uh diane's first show was foley square in 1985 with margaret colin Mm, Uh, It was one of those shows that was really great reviews, but maybe didn't have the ratings, which I think happens a lot with a lot of successful writers. It Uh, it was about, I actually love this. I I can't find it. So if it's on YouTube or someone can find it for me, I would love to see it. Please tell us. Maybe it's at the Paley Center, but um, Wiki said that she was, um, oh, not plucky. What was the word that really got me? I didn't write it down. Uh, uh, perky And I was like, I don't know if that works with a Diane character. But <laughs> that's what it said. Uh, she was an assistant attorney, hence, you know, Foley Square, mm-hmm. had, you know, single woman, very things sort of, you know, uh, beginnings of, you know, what eventually Diane uh, would write. Yep. Um, then she had a contract with Warner Brothers. And they put her on this pilot. I mean, the pilot had been done already, but they weren't very happy with it. So she wasn't the executive producer. She was the producer. And that was My Sister Sam oh. with Pam Dauber and Rebecca Schaefer. And that was 1986 to 1988. And I know you have a personal sort of connection to My Sister yeah, Sam.
1: I, I love My Sister Sam specifically because I was raised in a household with a um, pretty significant age gap between my, my elder sisters and I. Mm-hmm. And it was... On, and to this day, honestly, one of the only representations I've seen of that kind of relationship. Um, and it was so special to me to see this. Well, there's... tell people a little bit about what the basic plot of My Sister Sam was. Oh, gosh. I'm going to try and remember it. I well, you really just... only remember the... I mean, you just sort of highlighted on it, but yeah, just to I mean... give people
0: context. Sure.
1: So it's um, it's a sibling relationship, and you have a... Are they within the teens separated from each other? Yeah, she's in high yeah. school, I believe. Yeah, that's it. so that's what happened when I was born. My sisters were were teenagers, and it's... It's, con- it's an interpersonal dynamic that, and two is, that women, is examined yeah, yeah about a, a female relationship that is neither maternal nor fully sibling and and what happens in that process it's it's unique and, and rarely f- featured anywhere. Yeah no did you watch it on USA? Oh, I'm or, sure. I did. Yeah,
0: because yeah. I remember watching it actually originally. I was very, very young. Mm-hmm. And I was actually very traumatized um, when Rebecca Schaefer passed away, which we'll talk about in the <sighs> future because you yeah. don't want to sort of go in that. But it.
1: I must have seen it in reruns then. So it was I think on USA. I, there was, I was probably. It was probably a rerun on yeah.
0: USA. Sorry, I just always. I remember mm-hmm. these little details that, like, it was only on USA. It's a beautiful, USA. beautiful thing. Thank you. Um, And uh, I have not seen it in years, though. No. No. I wasn't as into it as I was into Murphy Brown. (laughs) Um, So as I mentioned, my sister Sam ended in 1988, but by 1987, Diane had actually sold the idea for Murphy Brown. Mm -hmm. Um, What's interesting is that um, very early on, Very, very early on, she had had this idea of maybe like a not as famous reporter, someone who was sort of scrambling for leads Mm and um, didn't have the deep throats and things like that. But eventually, this sort of became this idea of what happens when you have reached all your goals, when you have to live life in the public eye, which Mm -hmm. is something we'll talk about more in the future as well, which is very relevant today Mm -hmm. and is brought up in the pilot. Does, Does... does everyone have the right to know everything about exactly. it? Exactly. You know, and we're going to more of that in our second episode. Um, but uh, before I go into a little bit about the origins of the show, you're going to talk about
1: Candace Bergen. <laughs> Candace, our hero. Um, so Candace Bergen, you may have heard of her, is... Maybe. 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 It plays Murphy. Um, she is model, actor, activist... Uh, my favorite thing about her right now is that her Instagram is Bergen Bags. Where sorry if my accent comes out. bags. <laughs> Bergen bags, uh, where she. It's the tagline is from one old bag to another. Oh, she actually changed it because someone insulted
0: her on uh, Instagram, <gasps> and she decided to use it as her tagline.
1: I love it. She's the best. But she. No, I love that she did that. She loves. Painting and and creating art in her spare time, and she started taking. I think started with her daughter's Louis Vuitton bag. Yeah, and she painted a, a painting on the bag, and it's so beautiful. And her daughter, who works oh for a fashion Vogue, train, it is Vogue, and loved it. And now she does commissions where she paints on people's bags, yeah, and, and it's all the, the most money goes thing. to charity. It's, you- The most wonderful doesn't even
0: go through her. Like you donate the money to a
1: charity, and then she paints your bag. It's such a great thing. It's my my probably my birthday present to myself this year. So Candice Bergen is the child of celebrities. She grew up in the public eye. It was very similar to a lot of scenarios that we see now, where everyone knew who she was. Probably before she even knew who she was at this point. Uh, If you have seen, if you hear the term ventriloquist dummy, you probably are imagining her father's puppet they were famous Um, I don't want to misquote anything about her childhood but I will say go look at articles that she and interviews that she has done about her childhood with her father and and with this dummy in particular because it was very treasured and had its own room and it's it's quite fascinating and she has some very um, eloquent things to say about her childhood her books as well she has two biographies really great it's in the biography I think that's where I first read it Uh, so she grew up in the shadow of a puppet Uh, She started out as as a model and is, whoa, stunning. But she began acting in the late 60s. Um, She's also an accomplished photojournalist. Yeah. Because she can do it all. Apparently. Um, She was the first woman to host Saturday Night Live. Uh, She was the first to do a second show. And she's also the first woman in the Five Timers Club. Yes, she is. Because she's amazing. Uh, She guest starred on The Muppet Show in one of the sweetest episodes. Uh, You can actually find that on DVD. Uh, She was in several skits and she was Oscar nominated in 1979 for starting over. Yes, even though half the internet says it was for Gandhi. Yeah, I don't know what the the internet bless we were like, you're wrong. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's not right. I was like I was just checking my date to see if I had it right, but apparently nobody knows what they're talking about. Anyway, so she is well known at this point when this show is in fruition. And she is known as being stunning but also biting. She's known for um, some pretty sassy moments of opinion which we still know to this day she's wearing some amazing sweaters right now on press interviews (laughs) and uh, so when this project was coming along she had a pretty interesting uh, I guess I would say origin story into the role yeah and I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Um, so
0: the Murphy Brown was actually originally written for Joe Beth Williams. It's not written for Candace and mine, which I think shocks a lot of people. In fact, the network was not very happy or jazzed about her being in the role, uh, which again, you go, I cannot believe that that was a thing. Uh, so Candace took sort of her time to read the script. She really wasn't a fan of sitcoms at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a movie star, and it was very... Un- this was a time... I mean, nowadays, a movie star doing television is not a big deal. In fact, no, but then... Then it was... You stayed in your lane. Exactly. It was a very big deal. I mean, I think Michael J. Fox had sort of slowly mm-hmm. started to kind of do that, and was breaking out, with mm-hmm. back to the future, and things like that, but mm-hmm. it still wasn't known. But Candace wanted to schedule, because she had a very young daughter, that would would work to be able mm-hmm. to be home for, you know, her family. But she still took her time. So she read the script very late and loved it so much and got scared that maybe it was taken. And I love this story that I, I don't know if it's going to be relevant to everyone today. But uh, she said she used a phone on a plane and she felt kind of like an idiot. Like, why, why am I doing this? Those? Yeah, uh, Which now it's like everybody has a phone. Uh, and it had not been taken, um, obviously, because Joe Beth Williams had turned it down. And they were looking at a lot of people. So Diane and Joel flew out to... New York, where Candace lived, to talk to her and see if it was something she might be interested in doing and if they liked each other. And what I love about this story is that apparently uh, when Diane and Candace met, they were wearing, now apparently they said the same outfit. I want to say probably pretty much like the same outfit. That's crazy. But they were wearing the same outfit, the same lipstick, mm-hmm. and the
1: same perfume. Which, everyone, is something that we're going to talk about in a future episode. Perfume? No, same outfit. Oh, yes. It's one of my favorite little Easter eggs. Little spoiler We still there. don't know if it's intentional. That's true, we Stay don't. Stay tuned. <laughs>
0: what are they talking about? <laughs> uh, so they thought, this is a slam dunk. We have this beautiful movie star who wants to do our TV show. Uh, You're and, welcome. Yes. <laughs> and they were like, ah, uh, pass. So the, Candace had to read, which
1: is unheard of unheard for a movie of. star back yeah. then. Because um, back then it was... Now, people, like we said, transition a lot between. But back then, it, there was a stigma that if you went from movies to TV, you were taking a step down. Exactly. Very, you're welcome, kind of thing. And if you had the gall to want to go from TV to movies, you were really being ambitious. Yeah. So, where was I? Oh,
0: yeah. Um, so, Candace agreed to read. Mm-hmm. She was, she felt, this is something that Candace has said and everyone has said. So, I'm not speaking out of turn. <laughs> that she was uncomfortable, nervous, I should mm-hmm. say, is a better word, and did not do well. And everyone in the room could tell. Uh, So they all walked out. And this is, uh, I believe, Candice and Diane and Barnett Kelman, who we'll talk about more in future episodes, Mm -hmm. who really directed most of the beginning of the the series. And the pilot, wonderful, Mm -hmm. had been a theater director, had worked on My Sister Sam. Uh, And Diane, in Murphy style, just turned on her heels, went back in the room, closed the door, and demanded pretty much that... Candace had the role, and you know, many people don't know what happened in that room. Diane uh, English, ladies and gentlemen. I could make a Hamilton reference right now, but I won't. <laughs> uh, <room laughs> happened. I will do it. Came out, and the executive went up to Candace and said, Congratulations, Murphy. She Ugh. had the
1: role. Sexy.
0: Yeah. Uh, so that, and we'll talk more about in future episodes mm-hmm. about a little bit more of the development of the show. Yeah, we'll pepper it in. We'll pepper As it we in. Go. Yeah.
1: But yeah that's basically our that's our origin story here it's our little backstory it's why we're passionate it's uh how it came to be and and why we're so excited to talk about this Uh, as we go a lot of the the other actors um, that you love from the series Faith Ford, for example, uh, we will be talking about as they're prominently featured in episodes coming up. A lot of them have great showcase moments, Mm -hmm. and so we will get to delve into why we love them And one of my favorite casting moments is
0: Grant Shaw, how
1: he got cast. Yes. So
0: that's, we'll talk about Mm -hmm. when we have a Miles-centric episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, That way we're not just
1: two talking Mm -hmm. heads. (laughs) Even
0: though, hi, Um, talking head. And then
1: each episode has like a little bit of everything. And I'm, I'm excited to talk about how things have changed for me since I watched it. Yes, yeah, same here, yeah. I've, we were saying we started rewatching with this in mind as opposed to just watching for fun. And, because we're researching and we're professional. And I was shocked by my opinions on certain characters and yes, how they had
0: changed. same thing. Well, I think also when you're at a different stage in your life as a woman, mm-hmm. you know? And so watching
1: something, maybe not having experienced that <laughs> life. Those scenarios? Exactly. What it, the current societal climate is like? Yeah. I have a very different opinion. (laughs) I do. Especially on an episode coming up soon. Yeah. Wow, we're being so cryptic. We're so cryptic. Stay tuned, everyone.
0: I would love to just really quickly, since we have some time, read a Mm -hmm. little bit of this quote from Diane, which I Mm -hmm. think is going to set us off for a lot of, you know, episodes about what is very relevant about, you know, fame today, which I think sets in is, because here's something else in the research I find was interesting Mm -hmm. was this idea, will people be able to root for a character who's beautiful and rich and famous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a question, and that today question. that's kind of all we got. Yep. Um, so it started out as a series about a woman who faces a certain amount of milestones in her life, struggling to recover from alcoholism, facing forty, and the fact that nothing she does is private—all big and all very public. In a way, you have to write what you know. I and Murphy had a lot in common. That's the point where you work and work and work, and you have a goal, and you reach it, and then you've got to look beyond that and say, what's next? That's what we did this decade, but I've got 40 more years in me. What am I going to do next? And then I love this is, how do I find the time to stop and just go to the beach? (laughs) Good question. Yeah, but that connects to the finale. Yep, sure does. Whereas in, this is from 1989, uh-huh. also something that didn't resonate me resonate with me when I was 12, but did now, <laughs> was Diane said there's a big, there's a fine line between um, being independent and being lonely. Absolutely. And that's and something that's examined. A lot in the show. Quite often in yeah. yeah. the show. And so I think it's going to have a different, so I'm, I'm. I'm excited.
1: I'm excited to, to go on this journey
0: with you, Lauren. I'm excited to go on this journey with you as well.
1: Yeah. Do we, um, let's see. So we have a couple things that we we'd do like to, to talk about. Send you off with. So we like to start every episode um, enjoying the, the music of the show. Uh, now there are, we're not going to play them for you because they, the, the rights are a little costly. <laughs> but we have created a Spotify playlist. We have. I've called it the
0: Murphy Brown Empowerment Playlist.
1: Which includes all of the songs from all the episodes. And we will have in the show notes for you the songs of the episodes that we are talking about that mm-hmm. day. And uh, we like to rock out to them before we start recording. We recommend that you have a dance party. Dance party. With us. Please. As well. Or just enjoy because the music is so good. And I've, at,
0: I've added some songs that are inspired by mm-hmm. the show as well that aren't necessarily in the show. Mm-hmm. And it's just sort of a, a, a nice thing to do, whether before you listen to our episode, mm-hmm. just rock it on the subway or in your car. I listen to it a lot now. Thank you. There's a lot of Aretha Franklin. I I'm it, super I, happy. Of course, it's tons of Aretha Franklin. It's so good. Tons of Aretha Franklin. <laughs> So it's Motown and Atlantic. We have to be specific about that. Absolutely. Because some people think that Aretha Franklin is Motown and it's not. It's Atlantic. Yep. Uh, so also, social media. Well, first of all, tell them um, what, what, where they can find the Spotify. It's under Murphy Brown Podcast, just so you know. Oh,
1: yes. So it's um, under a it Murphy Brown Pod? It's Murphy Brown Podcast, just so people can find us on, on Spotify. Spotify. Yeah. Because everything else is Murphy it, Brown Pod. It is, but then
0: <laughs> Spotify is a searchable thing that I want people to be yes. able to find us on and Great. know what we are. So it's a little bit different. Well, Sorry. you made it. So you Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, Jesse. No, you go ahead. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so the Spotify is, we are Murphy Brown Podcast. Mm-hmm. But everywhere else on social media, we are Murphy Brown Pod. Yes.
1: That's on Instagram. On the Twitter. On the Facebook. Murphy Brown Pod. Standing for podcast. mm mm-hmm. um, And you can follow us. You can follow Antenna TV. Mm-hmm. You can like. Hopefully, you're following Antenna TV right now if you're watching this. I would assume
0: that I are. would hope that so. they have a Twitter if as well. If not, click it you should, because we want to be able to show how popular Murphy Brown is. Exactly. You should also subscribe wherever you're listening to this as a podcast, mm-hmm. whether it's iTunes or SoundCloud, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Pocket Cast. Pretty much,
1: you can listen to podcasts in numerous ways. Yes,
0: numerous ways. Numerous, numerous ways? ways.
1: New new term. Numerous ways. I'm subscribe Shakespeare. there.
0: And then we'll be able to um, get this on your phone or wherever you listen. You don't have as to, soon to remember
1: that, like, hey, it's a mm-hmm. Monday. Isn't there something I was supposed to look What am I supposed to do? What was I supposed to do on Monday? Oh, and m- Murphy Brown. A-, a new episode of FYI sitting right there for you. Don't even have to worry about it. If you just subscribe, it's already there, waiting like a little hug for your ear holes.
0: I like that. Thank you. For your information tonight. <laughs> uh, so please do that. We would love that. We're also going to be setting up a phone number with a voicemail because we want to hear from you what you think of Murphy Brown. Community. Yeah. How did it affect you when you watched it? What does it mean to you either from your childhood or from your adulthood? Mm -hmm. Briefly want to hear your stories and we'll probably play them on the air. Mm -hmm. So that phone number
1: is 646-450-6902. That's 646-450-6902. And we're really looking forward to hearing Mm -hmm. from you. We're excited. Our next episode is season one, episode one. Respect. Respect. Originally called Don't Ask. A little Mm -hmm. little trivia there for you. Shockingly enough, one of the songs featured for your dance party is Respect by Aretha Franklin. And Natural Woman, which is within the episode by Aretha Franklin,
0: written by Mm -hmm. one of my heroes, Carol King. Oh, my gosh.
1: Oh, and tell them about our website that you created, the amazing website. Oh, well, it's www.murphybrownpod.com. That's easy. I know, right? Go check it out. There are pictures of us, so you can remember which one we are. Exactly. For one, we're not people. We're not people? No one told I'm me I not. wasn't I'm a person, Jesse. I'm a sea otter. Now you tell me. Are
0: you surprised? I don't want to do a show with a sea otter.
1: Of course you do. We hold hands. But it's kind of clammy and wet. No, they're not. Let's see. Oh, they're not.
0: See? You're welcome. For those of us, those of us, for those of <laughs> you who are listening, I am
1: touching Jesse's hand right now. <laughs> we need we need lunch probably probably yes yes (laughs) although we just
0: completely ruined the illusion because this is going live at night we need dinner i
1: just need food guys i don't know what day it is
0: but anyway anyway please leave us a voicemail follow us on social media Mm -hmm. let us know in the little you know underneath this video what you think uh Every month, oh, this is going to be on the iTunes and so forth Mm -hmm. Tuesday, just because we're live streaming this today Mm -hmm. on Monday. But after that, it'll be every other Monday, Mm -hmm. and then eventually we're going to go to every week, Mm -hmm. probably closer to when Antenna TV will be showing Murphy Brown, which um, they will be announcing soon, hopefully.
1: Uh, So by that point, everyone should be caught up. Yeah. So follow, like, join us. Rate it, subscribe.
0: I'm so excited to be going on this journey with you, Jesse. Likewise. And all of you. Yeah. Call us. (laughs) So we'll see you soon. Yeah. For another edition of FYI.
1: The Murphy Brown Podcast.